0: Light.
1: And I'm Rick Rupenthal.
0: Welcome to An Honest Look.
1: Where we look at transformation from the inside out. Unplugged. Unscripted.
0: And in the moment. You can't really see it the other way. Oh, hi! <laughs> as
1: usual. As, as usual, yeah. And I, I, I noticed my by, by, uh, by, by Zoom. Oh, man, are we... Are we uh... Are we together,
0: <laughs> we're together. Lighting,
1: yeah, no, no, no. Hey, welcome back. Uh, good to see you again.
0: Good to see you too, Rick.
1: Yeah, so it, uh, I, 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 you asked me how my week was, and I said it's just been, it's been like rock and roll, it's been in a, mm. in a just so just bing, 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 bing. Um, lots of <laughs> exciting things happening, um, which you know, I'll, I'll probably shared you know not today but later on as as things develop but uh how was your week
0: rock and rolling with you (laughs) i mean not with you but from you know in the same sentiment like literally rock and rolling you know my personal life just a lot going on up until this morning this afternoon yeah Yeah. so it's been you know it's been a little bit of a roller coaster but hey we like it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no it's our life right and uh um but today um i'm i'm super super stoked um is that still a word um i'm excited yes it is <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> look at me like doing like a check on your language and it's not even my first language <laughs> well
1: i tell you like i i have adult I'll, i have uh grandkids that are teenagers or well into their teenagers one's one's in university and sometimes i throw words out and they go you know that's we haven't used that word for like 20 years <laughs> you know, it's like okay awesome. <laughs> it's, it's possible but i like it. okay um anyways um i i want to give as much time as possible to our to our special guest today um i've known rob for a, a little bit um and uh in the coaching circle, um, that, uh, I belong to and, um, and had an opportunity of, oh, about a month ago to be on, on his show. He he runs a, a podcast show, uh, with the three PGC, uh, which is the three principles global community, um, where he has coaches and practitioners on and, and he shares, um, their stories and interviews them. And it was such a wonderful experience with them. Uh, and he, and at the end he says, well, is there anything I can do with him with, for you? And I said, yes, be on, be on my show with Fatigue. And there was absolutely no hesitation. And, and that's the kind of guy, this guy, th- Rob is, um, and you're going to meet him in a bit, but I, I, I really want to just highlight a couple of bullet points. So we don't have to wait, you know, waste too much time with. With him uh, uh, going into too much of the background, but from my understanding, you know, um, uh, Rob's uh, retired from uh, spending 21 years in in active duty with the um, U.S. Air Force, and he might share some of his experiences with that, and and uh, some some of the um, repercussions and 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 through his journey with that. He's also a certified coach uh, through the super coach Academy, which is uh, the, put on by Michael Neal. And, uh, and he's a public speaker, a motivator, um, mentor, uh, and the founder of unfit, which is uh, part of his branding and part of his coaching practice. And uh, without further ado, let's just, let's just bring, bring Rob in to our stream hey Rob good to see you thank you thank you so much for having me here there we're gonna read this re- re-
2: here Rick I got this fancy this is when your friends <laughs> you know when your friends invite you somewhere and then you show up and you realize they taking you to a very nice restaurant <laughs> you know this is yo yeah I was backstage like you I was backstage and y'all no, this is, this is legit it. Like, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm in.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Rick,
0: Rick knows what he's doing for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. man. Anyway, so we got, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, Angela, Kelly, thank, thanks for, uh, for coming on and, um, and Rob, um, uh, we've gotten a lot of people are joining us today, so it's pretty exciting, but, uh, um, now that i've got everything all so tell so let's just get started like like please rob tell us tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're all about ooh uh- <laughs> well okay maybe that's too big
0: that's <laughs> a big bold question <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: okay.
2: I, I i well i'll tell you i tell you i love being human yeah but we'll start with that I, I i just i really get excited every day i wake up Mm. Just just what what I understand, how the human experience works, it just makes it exciting. Um, doesn't mean everything always goes well, but it does just make it significantly easier than I've ever experienced it before. Um but in reference in, in essence of what you were asking, in the sense of more of the things I've done and as you say, bio resumes and things like that, um a pretty I I would say like most, spent a large particular time searching outward for something that was always inward. Um and for me that looked like uh, as a youngster gang activity. Mm-hmm. Uh but I do want to preface low level gang activity. Like I, I knew I didn't want to be the kingpin. So yeah. I was I was still a little bit, but I'm not doing no shootouts. You know, like I wasn't I wasn't, wasn't top tier level gang material. But you know nonetheless, I, <laughs> nonetheless, I love, I was, I love you
0: know, that there's
2: a tier level, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, some guys are just stone go killers, man. That's just what they do, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't that level, but again, it, it was it was as I look back at it, I was I was just trying to get accepted. Mm. I was just trying to get accepted. Um, you know, I, mean, I was an athlete, um, so of course, my teams and things that always was somewhere to play, and when sports didn't pan out for what I thought was going to be a monetary um, opportunity, then I decided to join the military. Mm -hmm. And so my thrust into the military was probably one of the biggest changes of my life uh, for a few factors. One is my only understanding of the military was what had happened with my grandfather back in the Korean War, and it was very racially driven. So in my family, overall, the military wasn't an option, in a sense. Um, but later years, later, my mom's husband, my stepfather at the time, and whom whom I looked to as a father, was in the military reserves. He's in Army reserves, and he deployed in that first Iraq Gulf War in the early '90s. I was a freshman in high school, and I remember when he came back, I wore his. I wore his army uniform, his army um, PT uniform, the army hoodie, sweatshirt, and jogging pants to school. And the respect people gave it. Was like, whoa, oh, I I, I should go in the military. Because they were, Mm -hmm. again, it was looking outward to get the inward feeling. We were, this was the first time our generation had seen something like this, the invasion of another country, the Iraq, You know, set up. It was like, whoa, what's happening? And then this this feeling of whatever the way they responded to seeing army on my chest made me believe that was that was it, you know. And so uh, my godmother quickly told me army wasn't it for me. Um I think in a way she kind of meant because I'm not top tier, I'm soft. I think she was trying to say I'm soft, oh, Rick, you oh, know. <laughs> That's what I think she was trying to say. <laughs> Give it to but, you, Jen. <laughs> No, but what she she said was just look at the Air Force. And so um I I did. And I looked at the Marines as well. Um, but the Air Force was the one I, I ended up going into, and it was probably one of the most interesting 21 years I've ever had in my life. Honestly, Uh, my education, uh, my leadership training, my experience, my shaping of the world, my everything, everything about who I thought I was came through the lens of being a military member. Mm. And that was great until I wasn't a military member anymore. And now it's back to square one again. But the problem now is it's back to square one with all these years of accomplishments. You know, it's back to square one where people used to, you know, do whatever I say, when I say it, how I say it, whatever, you know, having teams that I was a leader over. It was no more deployments. It was no more, nothing about my life was the same. And here I was trying to still run that rule book as a civilian and it just didn't work. And then I met Michael Neal and in a weekend he got me to see something that i never saw before me and when i saw me i kind of i kind of loved me a little like i kind of was like oh oh, that's that's cool um wow and then i spent the next three and a half years since that trying to fall in love with that guy a little bit more and more each day so it looks like whenever I participated in something that causes somebody some discomfort or pain that I'm there to at least accept my responsibility for it. Ooh, having conversations and loving people that don't necessarily have to believe anything that I believe that helps me fall in love with myself a little bit more Dropping judgment on any person that I have that I haven't physically had an experience with to feel that way only because of it being a story told to me or a narrative driven. Dropping those biases make me fall in love with myself a little bit more. And then I start noticing the more and more I fall in love with myself, the more and more I couldn't help but to love everybody I was meeting. Like it was like. It was like this love thing was almost like I was sneezing again on people. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, like the more and more I started loving myself, regular people, I could say I love you too, Like it didn't it didn't have to be these. Oh, I've known him for 12 years, her for 15 years there. And we've been through this together. We've had this and this and all that means I could. Ah, yeah, yeah. This was like three minute conversation. In the grocery store and they walking off. I'm like, I love, I love you. You know, just like you know, having no clue where this shit is coming from, you know. Um, and so then about about two years ago, it finally settled. This is it. This is it. This is what what understanding who I am is. It's knowing that I am love. It is knowing that I'm energy and it's knowing that whatever I choose to do with that, it's just going to be my best understanding or expression of how much I love myself with any action that I do. So whether that's, you know, fight somebody, which I'm not too far from if it pushes to that, or hug somebody, which I love doing. You know, the spectrum is as far pendulum is can swing as far this way as that way. And I think what I love most about where I am now is that even that doesn't scare me. Just makes it fun. Just makes it fun. It's like I'm I'm okay. Like I'm okay. Ooh. Yes, I've been through a bunch of shit, man, and we'll probably talk about it at some point. But I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay.
0: I love the fact that you're pointing to, you know, different parts, loving different parts of yourself, not just the parts that that meet the expectations that you set, but even the parts that, you know, perhaps are angry or, you know, like not, you know, like not just the parts that you judge to be good. Yeah,
2: well, they, when I realized again, so for instance, let's say me and you had an argument. And after that argument, I'm sitting and I'm thinking about it and I get all angry again. Well, what I begin to realize is that I used to focus on the anger as Mm -hmm. it was the problem. And then I started realizing that, no, anger was just making me aware of a problem.
0: It's a signal.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's a signal. And so when I started catching the signal... Then I started realizing the only way I'm in an argument is if I'm not listening. I don't have to always agree. But arguments are because we're not listening. Arguments aren't because we disagree. Because there's a way I can disagree with you and you could disagree with me where it never has to become defensive. It never has to become where you we feel like it's you versus me, us versus them, and we get to this fighting of each other no that 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 war ended like I say when I when I, I fell in love with myself because I I fell in love with a human being and so it made every other human being just as in lovable to me. you know it was kind of that's my plan. my personal plan of how I want to end human suffering in the entire world is to first rid myself of it because I think that's going to give me the blueprint and everything that I can let fall off everything that i could see a different way those are the things i'll get on stage and say but i also say the stuff i get hung up on i literally just started helping to lead the lbgtq ia um listening groups because in the communities i grew up in there was a bias place there and in the military it was literally the the rule don't ask and don't tell mm. and i saw yeah. i didn't see too late I didn't see to I moved to Los Angeles after retirement, going to a hospital with my cousin and defending him and him feeling like he needed to tell me he was gay to continue getting my like he was like, I just want you to know, you know, you're doing all this for me that I'm gay as if that was going to make me stop supporting him. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: change what you would do.
2: Yeah. yeah. But the fact he that's been his experience, though, kind of woke me up to wow how blind i was to it Mm -hmm. and so for me it's intentional now the next one the next group i want to help hold is the one for women oh man i was a i was an (laughs) asshole when it came to again i'm in i'm a i'm an athlete by male-dominated sports and then i went into a male-dominated field of protection my job was protecting united states air force assets people places and things nuclear weapons places and buildings that were in countries that were not supposed to be there and people who had done some stuff in the world where there were people who wanted to kill them so that was my that was my job and i get a team of people when i was one i was on a team and i grew and then i started leading teams and then none of the teams i grew up on was their women mm-hmm. and so i thought that was because women couldn't do it and so when it came time for me to hire I was like oh we're not hiring women No, 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 no. It's because it it hasn't been done. We don't, it's not what it is. And it's not, it's, uh, and all of this shit that wasn't true. And the first time, the first deployment I put a woman on my team, my team won any and every award that was possible to win from that point on. I'm sorry, Cindy Lancaster. I'll never forget her name. Like I'm never, I haven't talked to her since that deployment. She was a fucking rock star. You hear me? Like, she was. I mean, I mean, she and she, I mean, man, when I say that now again, she's my number, she's under me. So I'm team lead, she's under me. And then we got 13 guys under that. When I say there were some times I would say something, and I know everybody would look at Cindy to make sure she was okay, even though I was the (laughs) boss. And I know there was times I looked at Cindy when I said something to make sure, like I'm, I'm gonna say this. We, got, you know, it was just her presence, the way Gosh. you know her, the difference she brought, the 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 change of way we looked at security. Because she she couldn't just run up and fight somebody hands on. She could, mm-hmm. but she probably wouldn't. You know, win two to too many fights. One with Rick, then right behind Rick comes me, and then another six foot four guy, and another, you know, no, yeah. But the way she saw security. It was like, whoa, oh, what if we added that? And so now we got the muscle to fight. But what if we ain't got to? Okay, Cindy. Okay, that was that's how I made my bones. That's how I made my bones. I went from that deployment back to the Pentagon, and from there I got to choose to go to special operations, all because she taught me. That just because I could fight doesn't mean I have to. Mm, I
0: love and that.
2: So my interviews then went to, wait, how do I not get in danger? We got intel. Nobody was going to ask intel questions, so now I'm going down. You know how I'm like I talk to everybody. You know, it's, I'm down in the intel. Hey man, what's up with this country? They <laughs> how they act over there, and I get the info. And I'd be like, we need to adjust. We need to move. Like, it was using everything that was available to us to make decisions, not just thinking because we got guns and because we've been to a few few years of fighting classes that we were somehow fucking superheroes. Like that, that just didn't make sense. And so that awareness right there was was the first time I saw. You know, I didn't know what it was then. It wasn't until later in my life, and you know, that I realized what it was. But yeah. I'm definitely going to lead the banner on how we've placed the glass ceiling over women in all in a bunch of communities. And yes, there has been strides and absolutely, but it's still there. Yeah, you know.
1: true. And you, what I like about that story is, is you, and, and, and maybe what I feel you're pointing to is, is sort of these boundaries that we, have kind of put ourselves on on yeah. and we've labeled them and done all sorts of different things with them but to realize that there's more outside that boundary than ever would ever yeah. would be inside inside it, itself right yeah. that that to experience that there's oh you mean there's another way of looking at this or there's more information that i didn't know about mm-hmm. and, it, and it's a perfect you know i want to you know you you um I asked you, what would you like to speak about? And you said, you know, like, you know, balanced health, you know, um, was was the title you came up with. But, the, you know, what you're speaking to is a perfect metaphor around that, knowing there's more than just what you see in your own little box that you put. Oh, together. absolutely.
0: <clears throat> well, it's, a, it's a, what I'm hearing. It's a little bit like he was very familiar with a certain type of muscles and she brought in a more of a mental muscle, right? A strategic way of thinking and, and like exercising power, not from a physical standpoint, right? Which really makes sense with women and like us not being as physically powerful or strong, you know, not all women obviously, but like the way we're built, it's just not the way men are built. And so she brought in her own muscles just in a different capacity.
2: Yeah, She was textbook as far as leadership, because there's there's two terms we use in the m- m- military. Reverent leadership is just because it's your rank. I got to do what you say. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. the, it's the, it, it could possibly mean I can't feed my family. But then mm-hmm. there's the, the informal, where people just do what you say because they trust you're that dude or that girl. And that's what Cindy was. Like that, she just—it was something about it that they, they just knew, she had it, and people would look to. Her. I looked to it, you know. It almost um, sounds like they
0: wanted to follow her leadership. Yes, I, not, not, say, not out of fear, I, but out of know, looking no, up it wasn't to her. Out
2: of fear, it wasn't out yeah. of fear. It was, it was. She, I don't know, she just had it.
0: Respect,
2: yeah. Yeah, she just had it, and and it's funny because she later I end up getting in trouble because. People thought it was something I did, so they start sending me a bunch of women, and I couldn't make more Cindys. Like, it was <laughs> like I didn't make Cindy the first one, you know. But I had I had a bunch of girls get hurt under my watch because I was trying to do what we did with Cindy. Cindy would fight like with us, and then we got to fighting behind her. It, I mean, again, just yeah, she was just eye opening for me. You know, she was just eye opening for me. But that's what that's what Rick to your your question. That's what the brand is. Mm, Okay. It was my realization that most of my suffering that I was feeling in my life was because I was fitting my life into some type of box that was prescribed for me, not by me. It was set up and given to me. So there was this box of how I am supposed to respond as a black man to any type Mm -hmm. of racial incident. Get in that box. I don't give a damn whether you feel like that or not. Your response needs to follow accord with the box. Well, then there's the box of how veterans are supposed to recite. Then there's mm-hmm. the box of how fathers, and then this box. And and I was having a lot of problems with those boxes. They they felt restrictive. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them, know I played very well in. Some of them were super easy. um, But some of them was very hard. And it kind of was what you said. I got a glimpse of, like, one of those – wait, what's – It's on the outside of the box. Wait, is that is that some Man, let me go on the other side of this box and see. Let me stop, you know, and got out there and was like, oh, oh. And then I really start looking at the boxes that I thought were even fun to stay in. I ain't even want them anymore because they were restrictive. Mm -hmm. They were restricting what I thought happiness meant. Because the box said you can only be happy for so long, then something's going to happen for you to be unhappy. Mm. You know, the, the other box I had was like peace isn't a real thing. It's a figment of our imagination type thing, you know. No. In that box, that's what it was. But once I got outside of that box, anything became possible.
0: It's just like the, we Rick and I talk so often about labels and how labels just really restrict us, right? Yeah. Just yeah. really box us in, yeah. right? Labels yeah. box us in into that description. And and often the label and the way we give it meaning <laughs> is so subjective, yeah.
1: right? They're good for cans, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm looking for something to eat, I want a label, yeah. I want, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, I said, but yeah. you know, for people, no, no. I mean, yeah. and that was a perfect example. Like, you know, like, like running, you know, when we accept labels of, of people, right, then then that becomes our experience of mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. And it's so limiting because now, you know, in, in, even innocently, you know, you, you took you took that first um, leader and and. You know, innocently attach that to the rest of the you know the the, the yeah. other forms that were yeah. coming yeah. in, right? Yeah. And it's like, why aren't they all the same? Like we're so unique and different yeah. that for 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 me to put a label on anybody is such a disservice to them, mm-hmm. you know. And and I I've done it. I've I have done it. And and to and to realize that and and understand you know i just i just there's a grace that i fall into back to that that you know it's like you know please forgive me for that yeah right like like you you are not your label
2: Mm -mm. the the label is the the color t-shirt i've picked
1: for the day
0: yeah it's, it's a it little up. bit, is
1: well, what it, Rob it, with fatigue. It's hard mm-hmm. to say because I yeah. know, yellow and pink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the, the color I chose for today. Yeah,
0: but it, you know, it goes back a little bit to what Rob was talking about. The moment that he started, like having the, the way I heard it interpreted that was having compassion for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Accepting yourself more, seeing yourself for who you truly are, then that started happening on the outside of you towards others as yeah, well, right? Yeah, because yeah. we're our toughest critics. Like, we're with ourselves the nastiest. I mean, if we could record our thoughts, right? We don't really talk to anybody else the way we talk to ourselves, right? And so the moment that you can apply that compassion towards yourself, you really are creating a, a skill that's really useful to the rest of your life and relationships, Absolutely. right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember saying um so there's three there's been one no it's been about three three like um natural type disaster type things that's happened in my area i live to. one was the Woolsey fires it was one of the worst fires in the santa monica mountain area burned for months and burned a lot of stuff um had to be evacuated because I, I live in the mountains in the canyon and so mm-hmm. it came up to the house where we had to be evacuated for like two and a half weeks or whatever And when we were evacuating, we were going down the road to to PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, to kind of get to the city. Um, The first place I pulled over, there were people who didn't know where they were were going. They were just like, "Uh, um, where are you guys going? Because you could see the flames and the smoke coming over the horizon off the mountain. You could see the panic. You could see the fear in everybody. But everybody was trying to help one another, talk about where they were going offer resources on where to get stuff. It was just a totally different feel. About six months after that, everybody was cussing each other out again. <laughs> it was like, fuck you. I don't know. You You stand on the side of the road. Don't care. Now. It, 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 it was like, huh. And then we had a, a nightclub shooting and some other stuff happened with some water, you know, and people went back together collectively. And I started going like, whoa, how do we do that? How do we drop all layered thinking for a natural disaster to just be on point to support and help one another? And then the farther and farther we get away from it, we pick back up the thinking Mm -hmm. and stuff and the labels and the things, and then it gets back separate. But everybody's that still can with nothing on it when we're in a natural disaster, because we can't fault anybody. It just is. Mm -hmm. Can't fault anybody. It just is. And so, since that's the only truth that, that, that stands with that, you can. I mean, you could get out in the middle of the hurricane if you want to scream it's personal, you know. If okay, you can, but the hurricane isn't, it isn't personal, and that's why mm-hmm. you know it's so funny. And what happens is we become a community. The moment we're faced with truth, we become a community. That was a guy in the military that. And I, I'm only telling this story not to highlight any particular contrast in us, only to show you again that when faced with truth, what it could do. We had faced death a couple times together, and I thought I thought we had a shared experience of life, so to speak. He was a Marine, I was an Air Force guy. We had been to deployments a couple times. We was in the gym working out one day, and he goes up to wipe, take his shirt to wipe the sweat on his on his forehead. And I see the swastika tatted on his chest and stomach. I thought about for a while, like, whoa, huh? You know what that did? It changed our day-to-day talk. Mm. You know what it did about me feeling like he he was capable of shooting over my back and covering me? Nothing because mm. death is truth we didn't have more small we didn't have any small talk from that point on but did I ever not trust him to cover me never not once
0: mm.
2: never that ne- did I second question him being on my t- no no we just didn't have small talk anymore so when people are faced with truth we become a community he had kids he was fighting to get back to. I had kids I was fighting to get back to. He had a life he thought was worth preserving for whatever it was that he was trying to get back to. And I was also. It just so happened. one Only one of us knew it was the opposite sides of the track, so to speak, right? But again, when faced with truth,
1: we become community. Uh, Neil, uh, welcome, Neil. I'm um, saying... Um, Is it because in those disaster moments, realities are merged and therefore our natural love for one another comes out?
2: I would, I would, I could say that.
0: I like the way he's putting
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I could, I could definitely see that because it's, it's something to the reverence we have for things that are outside of us, our control. Mm -hmm. Like, If you saw, I don't care how many, you could be, fatigued, or Rick, y'all could have been driving your same route to work for 10 years and see a few people walking to this. But if you know for a fact the storm is coming, these people are probably going to be trapped out in the rain. Y'all probably going, hey, are you good? At least you're going to ask a question. You're going, it's somebody walking with a bunch of bags. Normally, you know, everybody free to move. But when you know danger is on the way, everybody's kind of like, all right, make sure you hurry up get home and and, and shuttle up and make sure you cover your windowsills. We get to helping people all the time. These are people who are there every day anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're there every day anyway. We're more aware of it. Like Neil said, was because we're recognizing like we're in the same boat. We're we're realizing we're the same. Because Miss or Mr. Hurricane don't give a damn about either one of us being rich, black, white, this political affiliation, that political. That is not what caused hurricanes to come through. It's not what caused earthquakes to come through. So they
0: don't care
1: about none of that. Libby, Libby. <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say it's the ultimate expression of the fight or fight, our instinctual need to survive, right? Yeah. So we all have it. It just comes instinctually to all of us. So of course there's bonding in that because we recognize in each other that instinct. I
1: like that. Go ahead. I like that. And I and, and I've experienced that in, in you know in the emergency services too. Like, you know, like the, you know, natural some of the disasters that you know and, and events that I have been on, you know, whether it's an apartment fire or whatever, like people people who have never really talked to anybody. All of a sudden, are now merged, right? Mm-hmm. They become one voice. They 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 have a common mission or vision mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever you know, thing you want to call it. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this question out, and I'm not sure if there really is 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 a, a an answer to it or not. But I would love to explore the fact is, do we actually need a disaster to experience that? No, no, we don't, no,
2: we don't, we don't. don't. Um, The only thing, the only reason I think disasters show it is because we have gotten accustomed to ordinary not being so extraordinary to us. Do you wanna, okay. Meaning we've gotten so used to what we think things are that it takes something so big. To get our attention we're so consumed in ourselves that it takes something like a natural disaster to give our attention do i think we need it no you know what makes it happen for me now
1: hmm.
2: making eye contact with the other person hey how you doing you okay everything good today that's it that's that's all i'm saying like uh, somebody on the side of the road trying to change a flat you ever been on side of the road trying to change a flat where cars are flying past you at 90, 100 miles? Maybe just somebody saying, it's safe. They ain't got to be in your area, so to speak, if you feel uncomfortable with that. But what about a set of odds that while you're up under here on a jack with your road to cars going 80, 90 miles per hour, just at least letting you know you're not backing into traffic? Mm-hmm. What about that? That'll help a lot. It's just, it's just subtle things, simple things. Why are we taking 80, 90-year-old women like they or men for that matter, that, that are barely making across the street as if they're going to just automatically turn into these kung fu masters and kick our ass? Like, why won't we help them with their stuff? We see them barely walking. They got bags draping from them. You know, it's a approach. Hello, ma'am. Hello, sir. Can I help you? You know it, Rick. We got to ask before we can touch you anyway. You know, um, can I help you? That's all I'm, I'm, you know, that's the simple things I'm talking about. Just when you feel somebody in need, man, just offer a hand, like just for a second, come out of all of your world and just offer a hand. They could very well tell you to go to hell. True. You know, it didn't happen a couple of times. Don't you touch me? You know, all of that, right? Cool. 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 But my expression of love is the offer. Mm-hmm. Whether you receive is all on you. The only thing I'm responsible for is my expression and my offer. That's just me, though. I'm just, you know.
0: I would say for most people though, they need to reach that bottom, hit that bottom a few times, hit that have that experience that pushes all of this that you're speaking to come out, right? Mm-hmm. For me personally, I feel like that was very true. And the moment that that shifted where I didn't need to hit that rock bottom in order to see things from that different perspective was because I had gone there before and because I learned from that not to go, that I didn't need to go back
1: to the bottom,
0: right? In order to be and show up differently, right? But for most people, if they haven't been through something, you know, that has pushed them to that edge or to that limit, unfortunately, they need that traumatic experience or that tragic experience or that thing that's completely out of their control right this Mm -hmm. thing called control that we all love to have right the moment that we lose Mm -hmm. it we fall into this fight or flight wanting to like control that piece of it right Mm -hmm. and and so i in my experience most people do need that because the tendency is to go back to what's familiar the habitual way of being my you know my usual self and what it gives me this I'm going to use the word false sense of safety because what mm, feels mm. safe to us is not necessarily always what is safe for us, right? Yeah. It's just what feels familiar. And therefore, we associate that with safety. Um, so, unfortunately, as much as I would like to, you know, it would be amazing if everyone could tap into this yeah. without going there. Most people cannot tap into it as quickly as someone who has been there before may be able to just because they don't have that experience i, there, I can i can right?
2: agree with that yeah yeah it's something if i drive to rick house once a year and you drive to rick house 365 days a year you're going to right. be a lot better
0: yeah. at getting to rick's house
2: you're going to be much better at getting to rick's house You know, but I don't even want to make it seem all negative in the sense of what I what I mean by that is also positive. Like I became aware for me in my life that no matter what I set up as an accomplishment, a goal, an achievement, or something I'm passionate about doing. When I came to the realization that that's going to be fun to do and cool to do or whatever. But my realization was the fact the the feeling I think I'm going to get at the end of accomplishing this thing or getting this goal or having this is actually present in me before I start.
0: Absolutely.
2: So I done made up a little nice playground for myself of you're gonna work three years at this job and after you do that, you're gonna feel great about yourself because you accomplished it. I could feel great from the beginning. Yeah. And since yeah. I can feel great from the beginning, that makes the three years a totally different experience. So right? there, there are narratives yeah. that I can run through my mind right now and get quickly pissed off about. Easy. Easy. All right. Until <laughs> I remember they're they're like watching movies or reading books. You know, I stopped forgetting as much. You ever been to you ever watch scary movies and mm-hmm. got scared? <laughs> You ever watched the scary? Okay, you have, Okay, let me ask you this: one. Have you ever been to a movie theater, watched a scary movie, and got scared? Oh yeah. I
0: don't. How? Yeah, I don't think I have. How? <laughs>
2: How did you? Because you drove to the movie theater, correct? Yeah. And in your case, you you rented the movie. Yeah. Right. You both were aware it's movies, so that means no actors were harmed during the making of the movie. They promoted the movie, so it wasn't like they the crimes were real because they let you know they like. So you had to forget a bunch of things to be scared by that movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just try not to forget as much. That's all.
0: I love that analogy.
2: Yeah. When I when that's I, cool. I get, when I forget, when I forget that I personally am connected to universal mind or the creative energy force behind life. When I forget that, oh, man, shit in front of me looks kind of scary. <laughs> oh, woo, popcorn everywhere. My whole life, popcorn everywhere. But when I go like, oh, shit, man, I'm connected to mine. Can you get me a soda, please? Can you give me a Sprite? And I enjoy the <laughs> movie, right? As long as I don't forget, I can enjoy this. But the moment I forget, mm-hmm. I'm going to scare the shit out of myself.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, you know, and even like you talk about some simple examples and um you know about the roadside things and I get and and I'm, and I don't think we're suggesting that people need to do grandioso gestures but it, oh, but you know no, my no. my my experience just recently you know going to grocery shopping and you know and I had to return something and 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 I was there was nobody there there was nobody there I was first in line I got right up there and started to do the process of returning this item and the lady said, Well, um you're gonna have to leave and go get this other thing and do something, do something different. Right. So I and but come right back and we'll look after you. Well when I came back, there was a lineup like unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I go, really?
2: Yeah. Now <laughs> I gotta walk to the front everybody looking like who is he walking all the way up to the front. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> I tried to do that, right? You know, it's like I said can I can I squeeze it? No, you have to go to the end. And I'm looking at the end and I can barely see it. Oh man. <laughs> so, but, I, but I go. I go, right? Yeah. But you know, you remind me of of dropping into that space where for me, it was sort of like letting go of the fact that I had to go at the end of the line.. Yeah. Mm. And all of a sudden, everybody looked like my friend. Mm. And we started scheming about uh, charging a mission to the to the washroom. Because we just happened to be blocking the washroom, that's how long the lineup was, and all this kind of stuff. You know, we were just yeah. having a, a, a really fun time, yeah. and before you know it, I was back in the front, and 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 it was done. But I I just feel that there's something about sending that kind of energy or synergy of wherever we want to experience. You know, having having that shared experience, knowing that whoever was touched by that is also going to reciprocate. It's like, a ripple. Yeah. It's a ripple. It's right? a ripple. <laughs> yeah, it's a ripple. Like, you don't talk about the ripple. Like, we don't know how far that ripple goes in the pond. mm mm-hmm. Right? And, and it, I think that's what you kind of, like, dropping these little ripples. They don't have to be big boulders yeah. um, to make the biggest splash, but it really is a titration of... You know, just dropping pebbles here and there when, when the moment feels like it. Yeah, and it's fr- it's so funny because that the guy
2: you were charging for the bathroom with probably left and said, "I made that guy a day talking to him.
1: I'm glad I'm so open."
2: You know what I mean? We we don't know. That's what makes it so cool because he had his own reality or her yeah. own reality too. That could have. That's the part that I, I just love about this thing, man. Like. Just live it. Just just really go at it how you feel you should. Um, And let's see what happens. I've been been saying it a lot. I'm trying to unlearn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything I learned from the moment I stopped being a kid. And here's what I mean. Like if we took 20 kids, all different nationalities, shades of colors, whatever labels, we each one of them, we gave them 10 labels a piece that were all different. And I put those 20 kids on the playground Nine out of ten, I got kids playing on the playground. Period. Still, no matter what the label says, and oh, Mister Rob, can you hold this? They gave it to me. I got. I want to go play. Right? They they dropping their labels. I'm like, pick your label up, boy. You didn't drop your your label. Pick it up. That kids don't care. They wiping their snotty noses. They just play. <laughs> when I then bring them back when they're twenty, though, I can't get them to put down their labels to start playing. mm Hmm. It's something about now playing with you, Rick, that's different. It's now something playing with you, Fatih, that's a little off, that I'm not really trusting yet.
1: So I'm Mm -hmm. just going to
2: be reserved. And this beautiful playground is sitting there. Nobody's playing on it. Because we're too busy. We will hold on to those, those, those labels and stuff and not. And those won't allow our hands to be free to go play. Our minds to be free to go play. So I'm trying to unlearn. I'm trying to get back to where did I stop playing in the playground with everybody? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And identify with this with all these labels that were just that, uh, mm-hmm. just too con unconsciously, yeah. you know, yeah. like I mean, I fell enemy, into. enemy
2: mm-hmm. and hero and enemy was one I, I wore with for a while. Mm-hmm. There are people in this community. The three principal community in which I am a board member and There are people within my community now who live in a country I once had referred to as a terroristic country. Because that was how the information was communicated to me. And that was the lens in which I was listening, looking through. Oh my God. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like to, I mean, it was like, when did we just stop being human? Like, when when, when did the teams go, just stop being human? Like, it's sad what's happening in Ukraine right now. It's sad what's happening in Russia right now. It's sad what happens in the Middle East right now. It's sad what's happening in the UK and what's happening in Chicago. It's sad when in any Africa, human being yeah. Africa, it's sad when any human being, any human being is losing their life. In a way in which we don't know if it's, you know, and I don't know if I'm making that part up either, because when we're born, we don't know when we're going to die, and we don't know how we're going to die. You know, so I don't, I don't know if this is, and this is coming to me now as I'm saying it. I've, I've said this a lot, but I'm starting now saying it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me holding on to that because if I don't know when I'm supposed to die and I don't know how, then how can I judge any death as a not supposed to be there. Does that make sense? What I'm asking now, asking myself now, like.
1: <clears throat> well, I, I,
0: it, it makes sense. It makes sense yeah. you're, you're pointing at um, the way. I'm sorry, Rick, to interrupt you. Like I, I was trying to kind of put together what he was saying. You're pointing at the fact that we were conditioned to to believe that. Something supposed to or not supposed to happen but you know questioning even that who says that you're not supposed to suddenly die or die at 30 or like those are things that then we get attached to and we have a hard time letting go of it makes the world unfair makes things not fit in our box again right and it's not to diminish anybody's pain. It's not to diminish any tragedy. No, no. A no, tragedy no. is a tragedy, right? And, and it is especially a tragedy if you feel so to you, right? Mm-hmm. But oftentimes we get lost in the concept that it's not supposed to be this way. Mm-hmm. And, but we don't really question, well, who established the way it's supposed to be? So, yeah, that's, that's what I got from what you were saying, and I fully agree with that.
2: That's why I like coming to the nice and spiffy shows. They fix it <laughs> up, right? They fix your words up when you when you just put it out there and it's messy. On these nice and fancy shows, look, it's it's got time up there. I know we live. You know they fix it all up for you, nice on there. you. I got to go now. I'm still on Zoom. I got to
0: find stream
2: yard. This is, this is nice.
0: <laughs> it's all wreck. It's all right. I mean, I love it because I see ourselves as just. Doing this very organically yeah. and not being very techie but I love that you're calling us professionals.
1: Oh, this is super. <laughs> <it>. we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll take that. We'll take that label. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I going to be able to, yeah, I'll to hold it? But you know, you know, it, I mean, let's. I'm going to say this this phrase because I I've I've been a, accused of. You know kind of looking at things always through rose colored glasses people always say oh you always got know. you're an optimist you know like <laughs> you you've got to look at that thing there's there's a label for you right mm-hmm. but you know i i watch the news reels of what's going on uh, in ukraine and uh, and you can see there are different experiences happening out there like not everybody is experiencing it the same way that i think you know it's like for me that oh i'd be doing it a, a whole lot differently or maybe mm-hmm. i would i don't know um cuz i'm not there obviously but i mean i i even noticed that in in the emergency services not everybody was having the same shared experience mm-hmm. of an event that was happening in front of me yeah and there's something about that 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 points to i think what you're you're pointing to is you know, like even the kids, like, so where is the disconnect? Where is the, the, you know, from being childlike and then being told you must get real now because mm-hmm. you're an adult and, and the heaviness and um that comes with that, or the, or the perception that, you know, I must get real now, like yeah. because there's bills to pay, mm-hmm. there's, Things, you know, food, uh, you have kids, you know, whatever, whatever else you want to add to those, to those particular Mm -hmm. layers. And and you mentioned, you know, it's like, I want to get back to where is that childlike piece, right? So, and I've heard the term, you know, like we, we, we learn everything in the first few years of our life. And then we try and unlearn everything during our (laughs) life. But could you speak a little bit about the the real part? Like, you yeah. know, when the, the the when the rubber hits the road. The rubber hits the road, yes.
2: I, uh, I'm so happy, actually, glad that you brought that point up because I don't want people to think me trying to get back to childlike innocence doesn't mean I'm fully capable and aware when danger exists and how to neutralize threats. Those are two totally different things. Like, if if ever a time it hits me that I got to be what they trained me to be for life, for preservation, for family and friends, that's what I'll be. It's just me not walking around with it, amping it up for me to show you that I can do it. Mm-hmm. See, I never want to fight a human being again. I've been in a bunch of fights. I've been laughing earlier. I was thinking the other day about the fights I lost. <laughs> right, I was going through those, and it was time that was so bad. Like Rick, I'm talking about some straight ass it. Like, there were some guys that just straight up beat my ass. It was like I ain't have an answer for it. I ain't have a clue. Right? But uh, because I fought a lot, just learning practices as a as a protection agent, not this was you know, and in the military, but I remember learning that everybody gets hurt when you fight. Everybody in the fight, everybody gets scratched who's in the fight. And I ain't like getting stretched. And it was like I can fight; I don't have to. Same thing with Cindy. You know, um, yes, I am black. Yes, I live in America. Yes, there are racial issues. I don't have to lead with them. No, to change them. I'll be angry to change them. You know, I could speak very firmly to growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, and and things. That, yes, absolutely, with ease. But I I want I want it to be. I want it to be expressed when I express it to you from the innocence of me as a child. You know, when a child says something, you, you just take it, He's like, oh, you can correct them if it needs to be. Now, I do have those correctors in my life. My auntie Chris, uh, Michael, those are people, auntie Christine, Heath, yes, uh, Miss Bev, those are people who can call me at the moment's notice and be like, OK, your little young ass and got out there in the street. Now, come on back home. You know, they could settle me when I've gotten out cuz I'm I consider myself a toddler. You know, I'm 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 just now 4 years into waking up to I'm okay, I'm not broken. Like I'm 45, I'm going on 45, but I'm just now in 4 years realizing I'm not broken. It's almost like some who the hell is what's this new, you know all all new, right? Um so I don't I don't want that. Being being innocent doesn't mean gullible or vulnerable. Oh. Being um, being open to having conversations and pushing boundaries and things like that doesn't mean you're just walking around waiting for somebody to, to rob you or something. No, I remember that just for
0: I, kissing everyone.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I remember <laughs> I didn't smile for years. I didn't smile for years because I mean the homies used to say, Man, stop all that fucking smiling. You know, you, folks gonna think you're a sucker, you know, some folks gonna try to and and what they were saying though is now is because you're part of this gang. That person thinks you a sucker. Fights you. Now we gotta fight them. Like, don't create unnecessary fights. And your smiling does that. You know, it was. It's those things. It's just because I'm. I. I mean, I'm always trying to get people to start any experience before they grab any label, before they grab any identifier, any preference, any any. I'm trying to get everybody to just start from childlike innocence.
1: then see when you put the label on what it looks like like this so like i know i'm blessed with uh with nine grandchildren and a lot i I only got two bro you got me and i'm not trying to catch you i got two right now and i'm good (laughs) i'm bragging okay Um, and and two of them are are very young very young um and uh i think uh, i think the other one the youngest is 18 months and the other one's about three or four um and my daughter will correct me on that i'm sure um but uh you know what i experience watching them learn and navigate the world around them it's Although uh 21 months and four, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we now have we
2: now have it. Thanks, Angie. <laughs> got it straight, man. <laughs> Set the record straight. Can't be out here no, with I this. You got idea. this fancy show, man. You can't be out here not knowing know. the ages I know. I of the know. grandbabies, man. Come on. <laughs> you can
1: speak to him. make sure you do know <laughs> anyway but it, it's it's so cool to sort of watch them how they they test things how they explore how they get uh, frustrated when something doesn't seem to be kind of and then they let go of that and then they try something different um and the and one of the coolest stories i heard from my my daughter this weekend uh was um liam that's his name um got together with with uh with a new friend and that friend had training wheels on his bike and liam doesn't have training wheels Hmm. and and as they were getting together liam uh you could see i don't know what the dialogue was because they you know four-year-olds how they how they speak (laughs) but um (laughs) Next thing you know, Liam is sh- uh, giving him his bike with no training wheels, and then teaching him to ride with no training yeah. wheels. Like teaching him, and and there's no pretense. There's no there's no labels. Mm. Oh, you're a kid with training wheels. You know, it's like mm. right. It's sort of like here. Here's something that I'm experiencing. How would you love? To have that same experience yeah. and let me help you yeah. have that experience i mean and I'm the crazy.
2: willingness of the kid that was on the training wheel bike
1: absolutely because the training wheel bike
2: is a lot safer <laughs> <laughs> you're asking me well, the, yeah. think about it. you're asking me to get yeah. off my safe i ain't hit the ground your knees all scapped up liam it maybe if you had training wheels you know so you liam asked him to come from a safe environment yes the yes. only reason that kid would step from a safe environment was because Liam and him connected at a human level.
1: At a human level. Nobody
2: is voluntarily leaving what they appear to be safety for something else unless they trust that person that they're with. And Liam got that at four or 21 months. Please, Angie, I want to get it right. <laughs> I want to get uh, <laughs> Okay, okay. But, but no I'm saying that other kid, too, had a decision to make. Yeah. He had to. Re- it was something about the way Liam was saying, "No, trust me on this. I got you. Like, feel me on this. Like," and that kid looked at them training wheels, looked back at him. And it's like, we can go faster, okay? Look again. <laughs> He's okay. And all, all right. And then he tried it, and we don't have that part either. So even if we, as coaches or or practitioners, whatever, get to wanting to share it, the other person still has to be willing. To give up what they appear to be their safe spot, to join us on this new road. Mm -hmm. Like I just, you know, that's what I love about that story because it 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 shows both sides. Yeah, it's childlike in being open and receptive to something new with no fear, with no holding on, screaming. No, I always had training wheels. I'm always have training wheels. (laughs) You know, no, my mom said training wheels stay on to at least eight. You know, I've seen kids ride bikes that don't need training wheels. Like training wheels are are keeping them almost uh, slowing them down in a sense, because neither one of the little wheels are hitting the ground. You know, yeah. but they they're just their aid. So no, I love that story because of that. It's all around both an offer and an acceptance. You know,
0: and a willingness to a
2: willingness, to yes, out. a willingness both ways to yes. offer and to accept. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a willingness yeah. to
2: offer, and and not, and he I love he was offering them something he experienced too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been a different story when they both got training wheels and Liam like, hey, let's take yeah. our training wheels off. And he was like, "You crazy as hell? No, man, I ain't take." Well, I know your grandbase probably don't talk like this, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you would be you'd be like, no, Liam, no, I'm not. But because he could see. Liam actually saw something else. Like he's actually had a real experience and that was the place he came from. Innocent like. He yeah. saw it for real. He wasn't making it up. It wasn't. It was something he experienced. And I think if we stay within that, we, if we see how uh, oh, that is so beautiful. <laughs> if you, you see how um, how we could really, really be by just being willing to offer and accept in an innocence right now little buddy could have fell over a couple times we don't know but again he was willing to leave a safe place to try something new I don't know the vocabulary of four-year-olds that much these days, but I don't think it's that articulate (laughs) to be convincing people. So he had to be using something else, you know what I mean? He had to be, it had to be something else at play. Yeah. Like it had to be something else at play.
0: I think the place of experience that you point to. Yeah, that's one of Yeah, yeah. And the, the lack of any judgment at all or agenda, right? Just... A genuine you know desire to show share this experience with the other kid. Yeah. right
1: yeah
2: and it doesn't mean anything it's ch- like the, did they take that i want to act now i want to ask angela a bunch of questions did they take him off did he keep him off did he put him back on <laughs> what happened to his parents you know all that but no it's, i just think it's a beautiful story that points to yeah a loving innocent non-judgmental offer will probably get someone to walk out of what they appear to be safe to get a new experience yeah.
1: Yeah. oh and apparently no more, no more training wheels. no more training wheels there it is, there it is. <laughs> now that's the best yeah when one of those
2: experiences happen when you point somebody to a new experience and they then get to experience it for
1: themselves and they get
2: the enjoyment out of it i don't think it's a bigger gift than that in the world
1: and I don't know what if what you felt like when you started to learn that riding that two wheeler is is freedom. It's that sense of oh my goodness, you mean I could go in just about anywhere now.
2: Um, my feelings is actually hurt that he four because I think I was way much older.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, listen,
2: I'm trying to pick myself out of not being self-conscious. I think I was damn 12 when I started
0: train. training. We <laughs> no. yeah. 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 more like six or seven, right?
2: I, I don't know, even remember. It was, yeah, I, I went four, though. I know that, but I know, I know Liam <laughs> is ahead of the curve on that one. His smart he's smart self. Yeah, he's ahead of, ahead of the curve. I knew I wasn't four. I know that, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I've got, um. A video, like I said, like no boundaries, right? Like he actually rides a fifty cc motorcycle. Stop.
2: <laughs> what? Stop, look now, you now you got caught. See that exactly? <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. So it's yeah. So,
0: it, Is that legal? Yeah. Well, like,
1: uh, it, it, I don't it, know if it's legal
2: or not, but it's so good for YouTube. Can we get this on a YouTube channel? Four <laughs> <Like, laughs> a motorcycle. What? <laughs>
1: But it's, oh. right away, how we're how we're kind of thinking. True statement. About- You're right. We just went through it. Yeah. We just.
0: Yeah. Went but it. I'm thinking physics. How can he reach? <laughs> oh no! It, it, it's just. Is he so very crazy. tall? Uh,
2: yeah, that yeah. is so funny. No, I love that though.
1: But I mean, it's so innocently how we, you know, and even as a grandparent, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like the visions of a of a of a disaster. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But
1: but when I relax and 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 remove that and and just watch the expression and the joy that is that he's experiencing, you know, um, it's like yeah the the freedom and you know and and when he crashes you know he gets up and he goes puts his hands up I'm okay I'm okay you know, kind of
2: <laughs> that is lovely <laughs> that is so lovely because I I remember the, one of the hardest things for me and learn. I used to love riding motorcycles. And I remember one of the hardest things when I was learning to ride was thinking I would always fall.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But the reason I wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle because I kept hearing all my friends talk about, oh man, it's so beautiful and things you get to see and the stuff. And I, they never said anything about the falling. So I don't know why that was, you know, in my head, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, and then that was this thing of there's only two kind of riders. Riders who've been down or riders who haven't been down yet. It was like, it was like, and so my mind was like, oh my God. And I rode for probably about a decade. Sport bike, street bikes, and, you know, cruise and things like that. And I was out here one time. I just bought a new motorcycle and I was going down PCH. Pacific Coast Highway. So the special, the cool thing about Pacific Coast Highway is one half of the view of the highway is just the water. It runs all up the coastline, so it, uh, the other half is water. And I forgot, on a motorcycle, your wheel goes where your eyes go.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. So if
2: I wanted to ride and look at the water, it wasn't going to work on a motorcycle. I sold it. About two weeks later, I sold it. Oh. Because I I realized, like, oh, I have a tendency now to start looking at things and just get caught in my you know, whatever, looking at them, riding a motorcycle, that would be de- detrimental. Mm. And so I, I, I sold my, my bike after that, but I did get that experience of seeing some things on it that were like, wow. You know, literally going 173, 74 miles per hour is crazy. Like the, the feeling like it's going to knock you off the bike and you can only see this much of it. It's it's so weird but then kind of like I, but i never went down and i was okay well i was you know trying to pop a wheelie. i scratched myself once but uh <laughs> yeah i was trying to pop a wheelie and got straight up too far I was like oh let it go <laughs> i went this way it went that way type thing but um oh
1: my goodness
2: yeah i i, I and i let it go after that but it was something too and the same with swimming i knew i'd known someone to die before I ever start trying to learn how to swim. And then I just kind of got off of it. I start trying to surf because again, I'm out here in California. I bought a full on surf suit. Uh, I walk into the water, water hits my knees and it dawns on my dumb ass, I can't swim. (laughs) So so, Now, again, I could go out here and still surf. (laughs) It doesn't mean I can't. Totally different experience, right <laughs> now. And what I mean by not being able to swim, I mean if I'm at a pool party like a swimming pool and you push me in, I could fight the water enough to get to the edge, so I know how to do that. But I'm talking about ocean water, like knowing how to see to go against the current. The shit they be saying, no, I don't know none of that, no. So I need to learn how to swim, right? I, and so <laughs> it's one of those things, of, no, just because again, it, it, it's just these. Once we hear something, it seems like it takes more energy to hear something different, oh, even yeah. if it's not true. Even yeah. if it's not true, it's almost like we we run it up against that no matter what. It's like, oh, it's
1: just
0: something. It's wired in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something. I it's don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> even so, and I know, I know. Um, technically, we're kind of like, and and if you still have time, Rob. Um, Because even, even when we're given a label, you know, like, like, um, like earlier before the show, we were talking about your experience with post-traumatic stress, um, and, and some of the things that, that we, um, have, um, an understanding of, or what we think we have an understanding around it, Mm -hmm. right? It's sort of like, and I know, um. Uh, for some of the responders that that i've been having conversations with initially it's like oh i i've I've got this diagnosis now yeah it's the end of my life yeah and you know and and i know we're innocently talking about you know like bike riding and motorcycling and various other things we sometimes don't see that that as 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 a connection of other real things that are going on in Mm -hmm. our life. Yes, it really is the same thing. Oh mm-hmm. no, no, no! This is different. Mm-hmm. No, it actually is the same. Thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right? you're absolutely so, right. Uh, I know. Um, if if you want to speak a little bit about that, uh, I, I'd be I'd be grateful for that.
2: No, it's I I love it. I I mean, I, it's not much more on it to say. I mean, I, maybe I can give a different metaphor for it, but it's it's perfect. Sure. I, I love it because it's. I remember I'm trying to think of one that. what so again I, I, I said this a lot my grandmother raised me most people know that my grandmother was primary you know I remember when my father became my favorite parent and I don't mean that in a sense like I pit my mom against my dad right my mom has been there for it so our you know our relationship is what it is but i didn't have my dad when i was growing up like in the family home and things like that and we went through a lot of riff-raff as you want to call it. and i remember when i realized the only problem me and my father had was he didn't fit in the story i had prescribed for him
0: mm-hmm.
2: changed everything and and that was that one was hard to swallow because that's a parent. You mean like, I made it, but it's my parent. they supposed to, up oh, there it goes. No, because sometimes- supposed I, to. Exactly, it's like we I created what a father was supposed to be, never being a father, never being one. I created what was supposed to be and how it was supposed to be and what he was supposed to talk like and what he was supposed to be and what appointments he was supposed to be at and which ones he wasn't. And he didn't fit none of them because of him being a person and what was going on in his life and other factors at play. I remember one time, crime. I screamed, I hate you. I was screaming, I hate you because he didn't come. I used to wait at the door for him. And I'm standing at the door, I hate you. I hate you. Now I'm screaming at the door. (laughs) My grandmother walks in. She said, And listen, my mama is my everything. I love this lady. She said, you ain't going to be hollering at that door like that. You need to go on in the back and sit down now. And I said, but I hate him. She said, you can't hate him. She said, you a boy. She said, you don't know nothing about being a man. She said, when you become a man and you have kids of your own, if you still hate him, then you you call and tell him. But in this house, you're going to love your daddy, whether he there or not. And I never understood that until I had kids. Mm. And I didn't fit their story. I didn't fit their story, and now we got problems. And I'm like, "Whoa, I, th-, you know, like, wait, I'm out here saving the world. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing. What do you mean? I was supposed to be at the basketball game? I'm like, like they didn't care nothing about no what deployment you got, what, what hero you think you are? No, you are supposed to be at the game, man. It was like." Oh, my God, did I miss it? Because I mean, I had a hard story on him, You know, so, yeah, I, I see we create stories at every level, even the ones we say about family, even the ones we say about friends, even the ones we say about ourselves. and They're very hard to get, get away from sometimes. Yeah. A boy named, what does that say?
1: Johnny Cash's song, The oh, Boy sorry. Names. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I, you know, it's, it's for me, it's, it's, it's that right. It's kind of like when I find myself caught up again, that's my signal. Oh, you, you really believe this story then, huh? You know, you really believe this story. It's like, look closer, you know, look closer, look with, look with more love, look, listen more, peel back a layer of your bias. Some, something, it's a different way. It's a, di- it's a different way of this experience being for you. You just got to see it. Yeah. Nothing about it has to change. Just the way you see it has to change.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? And it's like, look for some. Yeah, look for some. And all I need is just a, a little bit. And so when it comes to people and things, I just find it better to start there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get that breath? Okay, I just breathe too. Okay, so we know we both breathe. Got it. All right. Like we're starting off on a good foot. <laughs> you breathe, <laughs> I breathe. All right. Did you breathe yesterday? OK, I breathe yesterday, too. OK, you go. You plan on breathing tomorrow. I breathe tomorrow with you, too. OK, you know, cool. At least we got that together. If that's all we got, man, we gonna We're going to party that up until we develop something else. But that's where we're starting from. We're not starting from you're different from me. I don't know if I can enjoy you. I don't know what kind of conversation or friendship it'll be like with you. You don't know my story. I don't know your story. We don't blah 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 blah. Who ah like just saying that made it ah. like I just want to drink some water now, <laughs> saying all that, you know what I mean? Like, but again, back to that innocence of the kid At that just that trusting and allowing everybody to be themselves and 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 not having these stories. And now, if an experience happened where you feel Rick did something to you, then yeah, okay. Then maybe you don't have as many conversations with Rick anymore. That's fine. There's a whole bunch of people out there, (laughs) okay? There's billions of them. Sorry, sorry that Rick, Rick, you know, report Rick to human customer service. He was mean. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Like, report him, okay? Like, but there are billions out there. Find another one, okay? There's enough, you know. Um, I could find you three for Rick's customer service complaint. I got three people who will be good to you right here. All right. We're going to drop it. All right. Get out of the stories. Just, just, just really love life. You know, just really get into this thing, man. And really, really
1: try living it. Well, it's even like Stephen Covey in, in, in his book, uh, forget which chapter it was, but it was seek first to understand. Yeah. You know, um, there's so much in, in that just being curious around, you know, why not necessarily like I'm trying to correct. All I'm really trying to do is connect, Yeah. you know? And I, and I, I can, if if you help me understand, you know, what is it that upset you? Like, you know, know, um, like you're obviously not having the same experience. So what, what, what is the difference? Like, because I, I have no idea what you see.
0: Yeah. was getting into the other person's lens and point of view, yeah. right?
1: Yeah.
0: Accepting not, not that there right. is another point of view. <laughs> <Yes>. Accepting <laughs> that there is. That your point of view is yes. not the that, point that, of that's, view. That's right? a good one. Yeah,
2: yeah, that you are one of the point of views. You're yeah. not the point of view. Point yeah. Of
1: yeah. view. That's, a, that's, that's a story in itself, yeah. <laughs> oh, I oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> man, oh, man, Rob, I tell you, like, uh, this has been... Uh, a, a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Like we've uh <laughs> I have a feeling we probably could go on. <laughs> it's like crap. Uh, and,
0: and you know, we had such a wonderful conversation before we got started too. You know, that know, i you I wish we, we had recorded it. <laughs> well, we can uh, do it again.
1: Exactly. Was I, that an invite?
2: Was that an invite back? Yes! <laughs> absolutely.
1: absolutely. <laughs> do, do you like the
0: way I just slipped it in there, Rob? <laughs> Always answer
2: fancy. Hold on. Oh, you're,
0: you're breaking know. up now. What happened? No, <laughs> too a yeah.
1: You're. Not, you, oh, there you go. You, you really uh, I, I'm sorry. Going. I got
2: excited. That's what it was. Okay. Y- y'all okay. invited me back to this fancy restaurant. I started 100%. screaming. One hundred
0: percent. New York way. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I just assumed that you'll be back. <laughs>
2: Oh man. I've really enjoyed this opportunity. Uh thank you all so much for having me. Thank uh, you. I, I love what, what y'all are doing, talking about wellness, just having these conversations so people can hear anything. You know, not necessarily teaching points or so, but just to hear something, something that gives them a, a, a what they would perceive to be a better experience of their life. Um so thank you both. Both for doing that and uh, allowing me to be a part of it uh, on your platform today, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, thank Kelly, you <laughs> <thank
0: you. laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> the truth is, we're not. It's all appearance.
2: I mean, yeah, because you know, I love Streamyard. The, the, the times I've been on because of the green room and the things you could do with it. You know, so I, I love it. So I'm just picking, but no, any any platform. I if we gotta do it by phone, I will hang out with y'all. You know,
1: but I think I think regardless of the platform, what I what I find cool is the is it's a conversation. Yeah. Right. It's a conversation among friends, and we're just you know if it wasn't we don't have any beers in front of us, but it's just really a, it's about sharing experiences. And having no judgment about it or not trying to correct somebody or anything like that but we're just we're just sharing in a Mm -hmm. conversation
0: from from three very different points of view and backgrounds and absolutely places in the world too
1: yeah yeah and and that alone should be should be something that we could take away going forward yeah right As, as an example like if if, if you're looking for something to do, have a conversation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I like that.
1: I like that a lot. That's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah so
0: thank you for joining our conversation today.
1: Yes, thanks, Rob. Um, bringing your wisdom,
0: your experience. And I love some of your metaphors. I'm going to watch this again. <laughs> I don't usually watch them again. I'm going to watch it again. I love the movie theater metaphor. was <laughs> yeah. so powerful thank you all right
1: well thank you everybody um and uh, we'll end our broadcast be sure and like and subscribe and wherever you're watching either on youtube or on our facebook page but uh, thanks everybody um and uh, we'll chat with you soon
0: Thank you so much for joining us we appreciate every listener that is committed to their journey of transformation and if you found value in today's episode join us for the next conversation as we take on a new topic every week subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss any tips and insights
1: your experience of the show means a lot to us so please help us amplify our impact by posting an honest review this action matters to us more than you know you can find us on social media at An Honest Look Podcast and on our YouTube channel at An Honest Look. Bye for now.
0: Ciao, ciao, and until next time.